We're on iTunes. <laughs> yes, we are on iTunes. Uh, now that we've kind of started the show, uh, we are on iTunes. Uh, if you're listening to us uh, any other way, I mean, through the website or the RSS or something like that, then, yeah, go ahead and subscribe to us uh, there because we're j- I, I, uh, Kyle, say something about how awesome it is that we're on iTunes. It's awesome. It's scary, but it's awesome. Yeah, like, they're, for some reason, the number one, uh, like, podcast distributor in the world, I think, or something like that. You know, because of all those iPod casters? Yeah, uh, that's us. I don't know, something with, po- something with iPods. So I'm about to send you a selfie. I'm scared. And I'm it's, it's a pretty awesome ca- uh, selfie. I, I think you'll, uh, you'll enjoy this one. Are you so, iMessaging it? I'm um, iMessaging it. Okay. Uh, this is how I'm recording tonight's episode. How do I sound, by the way? Sorry. Uh, you sound good. I'm listening um, with different headphones and with... Uh, oh, my gosh. You're in a recording mm, studio. I'm in a recording studio. Meanwhile, I'm still in my apartment just, you know, with my Yeti. <laughs> yeah, this is a... Let's look at the mic. Electro Voice RE20 mic. Um, sounds, sounds expensive. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's a university, so I hope it's expensive. Um, there's... Uh, a few other mics in there that are apparently better, but I wanted to use this because I talked directly into it using like the uh, boom mic on the desk here, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Uh, so the funny thing is, um, so just outside the door in that picture, we have a uh, big studio. Uh, it's not even a studio; it's just a whole uh, bank of computers where we have, uh, you know, I think 16 Mac Pros, uh, older generation cheese grater, and. <laughs> A bunch of displays, a bunch of really cool stuff, and a bunch of mixers. Oh, my God. I love it in this place. I have three classes in here. And uh, the studio is going under a bunch of renovations. There's a whole bunch of stuff happening with um, the computers are being switched out. The monitors are getting uh, new stuff. Uh, there's a giant server room a few uh, a few doors down where they have, you know, they actually evicted a teacher from that office to put in some um uh, some servers, which is awesome <laughs> for us. Which is have, awesome. Like, yeah, we have like terabytes of storage space. Um, and yeah, that's uh, what we're doing. But anyway, uh, outside um, is one guy recording a bunch of stuff for his radio show. And I walk in, he says, hey, just so you know, I'm going to be doing some uh, voice stuff in here. I said, that's fine. I'll be doing some voice stuff too in the studio in the back. And he said, what? We have a studio? <laughs> I had no idea. So uh, I'm apparently the first person to use this little nook uh, covered with soundproof uh, foam and uh, insulated very, very well from the outside world with this awesome little boom arm uh, in months. So uh, Garrulous has the proud honor of uh, being the first podcast to use it, I think. That's awesome. I need a hunt around my university for, like, a sound room. Like, there's study rooms and there's, like, piano rooms, but I think you have to be a music student to use them at all. But I'm like, there has to be some kind of radio or TV room even if they would let me use it weekly, which I don't think they would mind. But, yeah, I'm... (laughs) I'm kind of wanting a better recording environment, especially since half the editing is me being all shuffly and moving around all the time. Like an iPod shuffle. Yes. And making sure my, I'm always like nervous about my sound levels and stuff. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I just, uh, did you just turn the gain knob? Just now? Yeah. No. Oh, I thought I heard something. Anyway. um, Yeah. So you sound fine in all honesty. Like when I'm editing, there's no like big disparency between us. The only thing was the volume levels, which we solved uh, last week which is awesome. I'm looking at Call Recorder now, and it's only going up to, like, I don't know, uh, like, halfway when I'm talking. Like, if I'm talking loud like this, it's barely oh. reaching yellow. Like, Ow. Oh, did, did that hurt you? I'm sorry. <laughs> so what me. I'm going to do, I'm yeah. going to turn up the uh, input level on my cool little mic interface here, and yeah. it's not doing much. Actually, yeah, it's uh, improving it. So I just uh, brought up the um, uh, recording level by pushing buttons. It's awesome. It's witchcraft. Yeah, it's uh, the Zoom H4n, which I will probably buy one for myself. It's this little uh, field recorder that Mark Marin uses for his uh, WTF show when he's uh-huh. recording on the road. So uh, I've been using it for class. I'm using this for this now, and it's like this really cool little uh, field recorder mic, but also an interface for XLR to USB. So that's why I rented one out for this. And uh, it can also play nice with DSLRs if you're good with it. So I'm filming a whole bunch of videos next week. Uh, you heard it here first. I'm starting a YouTube channel. Oh, awesome. Uh, wow, we're six minutes in. That's the Brian show. I'm going to look at the Google You're Doc. Fine. You're fine. I'm going to look at the uh, Google Doc for the first time in a few hours since you say you've added stuff. Well, I've added a few things besides stuff that was in there and put it in the right folder. But no, I've also wanted to um, 
you've heard it here first. I'm going to be on um, the Tech Douchebag podcast tomorrow. Nice. And so I'm just like still kind of nervous. Like I was like, maybe I could record at school. I sound fine at home. I don't want roommates to interrupt. I felt so bad just like before this. Like I'm like, hey, because one of my roommates is just listening to music. I'm like, hey, could you just put on some headphones real quick for an hour or so? And I'm like, I felt bad saying that, but <laughs> I, don't know, I just don't want any interruptions. No, it's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, hopefully. And I think uh, it's, I mean, just the, it kind of makes me nervous because it's like, previous guests on tech douchebag podcast uh jim dalrymple uh joe merlin has been on there i believe merlin's been on wow i think i don't know but it's on five by five and so it's just like okay cool yeah that's Uh, amazing kyle seth gray going to five by five for the first time congratulations (laughs) thanks yeah i have a big it's it's gonna be a big week for um for me particularly i mean next week is gonna be awesome too and i'll probably talk a lot about it on the podcast because I get to go see up in northern Utah. I get to see the SLS NASA rocket booster test. Ooh. So that, those are basically the rocket boosters that they're using to get to Mars. And so they're testing them for the first time, basically in the in the middle of the desert um, up, in, up north of the Great Salt Lake. And so it's like a two, three, two and a half hour drive from where I am. And it's at 730 in the morning. But heck, it's worth it. And... It's an all-day event. They give you lunch. They're giving me a tour of the facility, and then the second day, it's a two-day thing, and then on the second day, they're actually firing off the rockets. So, that's going to be pretty insane. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, talk about it on next week's podcast. I mean, no, that that sounds really dismissive. No, I'm I'm really glad. I'm looking forward to no, talking about it next week's podcast. No. <laughs> oh, you're fine. Um. Okay. Like, NASA. Cool. Cool story, Kyle. No. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so, before I continue typing show notes, can you hear me type? I heard like two clicks and that's it. Okay, I'll type quietly. Uh, so what do you want to talk about tonight? Um, well, I probably actually wanted to go through a little bit of follow-up um, since we kind of neglected it last time. I know um, Jeff Ruberg, he gave us some follow-up and linked to a cool soundtrack from Majora's Mask a few episodes back. And to add kind of into the creepiness that we commented about it, um, it is very, it's like, it's like those kind of metal not metal like band covers you hear of like great soundtracks from video games and it sounds really really cool and they even have like a creepy the creepy majora's wrath song which i pointed out that i really liked um so we'll put a link to that in the show notes um brian where can people find the show notes people can find the show notes uh on the internet and if you want internet then you can either take out your phone from your pocket or you can call a company, uh, Comcast, RCN, here in Boston, uh, Google. Why, why they can be found at brianhamilton.info slash garrulous slash zero six. For episode six. Why would you suggest Comcast? Uh, so uh, if I was going to continue that rant, which I uh, really didn't want to, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would have suggested Google Fiber uh, in its place. Hey. I'm so okay. jealous. Be jealous. My friends were talking about how much they wanted Google Fiber, and I was like, "Yeah, Kyle has it." And they were like, "Who's Kyle?" <laughs> yeah, who, who? I was gonna say, "Who the hell is Kyle?" But that doesn't make sense, and I don't know. Who um, the hell is Casey? Yeah. <laughs> All our inside podcast jokes are just going. <laughs> There's gonna be like some random person out there that subscribes to us, and just like, what are they talking about? Yeah, uh, someone was mentioning like gave us some feedback about that a few episodes ago because we were so up our own butts about the shows we listen to. Um, like we talked about a bunch of references to a bunch of other things and like as much as yeah Bonanza like (laughs) no actually Bonanza you're right and um, no I I love those shows I want to talk about them but I feel like like you know podcasting about podcasting is a little meta for my taste yeah unless your show happens to be a podcast specifically about podcasts but ours that is not yeah it's not Um, like All Ears which uh, we linked to last week that um uh, said such nice things about us. Yeah, it's a podcast about podcasts. And if you want to subscribe to a podcast about podcasts, you can throw that into your podcast queue to get podcasts about podcasts with your podcasts. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and so um, another few things just also from Jeff. Um, he actually said there was Teen Batman. Oh, wait. I'm, wow. See, I'm just I'm just now opening this link about a 90s musical that we thought wasn't good. And <laughs> apparently Christopher Nolan... <laughs> Is in a musical in the 90s, and I probably... Oh, it's Newsies. Christopher Nolan was in a thing in the 90s? Christian Bale. God. 
Kyle knows movies. I'm looking at his face right now, and I said, Chris, he's in all the Christopher Nolan movies, okay? He's in the Christopher Nolan movies. He is far from Christopher Nolan. <laughs> and Christopher Nolan looks more like, and I'm just based on another actor's name. Um, Okay, so yeah. And we're on and we're on iTunes as TV and film and look here we are with Kyle not knowing um, what the heck he's talking about. Yeah, I know. That's okay. We'll educate you. Yeah, this can be like um, not playing with Lex and Dan, where one of them hasn't seen the movie, so they have to like guide the other one through it. We just watch the whole movie on the show. I wonder how that would work. Yeah, that's what that's actually what they do. Are you have you listened to it before? No. It is. <laughs> Awesome. No, I, this is actually one of my favorite podcasts. I haven't listened to it in a while because I don't think they've put one out. But uh, what's really cool about it is um, there's two versions of the episode. They do um, a mini episode with it's only like 20 minutes long, with which is um, uh, their thoughts before watching the movie and then their thoughts after watching the movie because uh, one or both of them has not seen the movie. And then uh, the long episode is actually them watching the movie. Like they do it uh, riff track style where they say, okay, uh, push play now on the uh, audio file. And it's awesome. Like I love watching movies with these guys. It's not like they're not riffing it. It's not like mystery science theater, but every so often they'll like throw in a little quip or they'll uh, do something fun like that. So it's not uh, out of the, it's not like out of the question to record a podcast while watching a movie. <laughs> Well, it's kind of like um, two things. One of my friends, we had the brilliant idea a few years back, and we never really got around to it, but we were just, when Grand Theft Auto V was a huge new thing, me and him would play online a lot, and we would go and do team stuff with three or four of us, and we'd always, like, start these interesting conversations, and usually about tech stuff, because he's a developer, and we're like, we should somehow make this into a podcast, and so (laughs) coming up with great ideas while playing Grand Theft Auto was an early podcast idea of mine that I never brought to fruition, to it whatever that word is fruition Um, you got it yes i did get that (laughs) um and then another thing that kind of that podcast idea i it kind of reminds me of have you ever watched a movie with the um actors commentary oh have i ever Uh, you you tell your story and i'll tell mine (laughs) well I've, i've i've done it a lot and i've actually even done it with um bands commenting on their music videos surprise surprise kyle with fallout boy and their one of their th- on one of their greatest hits albums they released it with them commenting on all the music videos but um yeah a lot of i did it a lot when i was younger and very interested in the movies i mean i still am but um on older movies i can't remember anything specific but i just thought it was it's always cool to know the behind the scenes stuff or oh this is the fir- f- f- first time of them seeing it and something's in slow-mo or this is like some something happened here that wasn't supposed to happen and they kept it in and it's always interested me to know the behind the scenes stuff on that. Yeah, that's um that's the main reason why you would watch something like that. Like so you get the comments behind the uh like there are times where, you know, a commentary like that will start and it'll say, Okay, if you haven't seen the thing yet, don't watch this. I'm like, who the heck is gonna watch this if they haven't seen it yet? <laughs> well, it, it's usually just like another audio track dubbed over, so I I could see someone doing it by accident. I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, what I've never heard of someone doing with a music video. Like, what um, what videos did they do it with? Uh, you mentioned a greatest hits album. Yeah, they um, back in two thousand nine, before their breakup, their um, pause, hiatus, whatever, they released the greatest hits album. And on the second CD, which was a DVD, they had all their music videos. And so they just had kind of a commentary on all their music videos, and it was kind of interesting because it like there's like things where this one guy is in every video or a newer video referencing an older one or something about filming the video. Um, So it was just like the four of them watching all of it and just kind of throwing comments and trivia stuff here and there. So it was really interesting. Yeah, that is really interesting. I I watch commentary all the time. It's the main reason why I still buy uh, DVDs and Blu-rays is for the commentary. And until like iTunes extras or someone or uh, like figures out how to get them online or through Apple or whatever, then I am sticking with physical media just for the sake of these special features and uh, DVD commentaries. Ryan Johnson uh, made one for Looper and the Brothers Bloom. Uh, he did this thing where you would uh, download an audio file to your phone, go back to the theater, because this happened while uh, the movies were still in theaters, and oh, wow. you would uh, just watch the movie with your uh, headphones in. And I, that's how I saw Looper three times in the theater. <laughs> like, I uh, went to see it once. I was like, oh, this is really, really good. I went back a second time with um, the audio file. And what happened was I didn't download it beforehand. I just streamed it. So when as soon as I got into the theater, like maybe five minutes in, it cut off because I had no service. So I was like, oh, crap. 
here I am in the theater I paid to see with no commentary. Uh, it's fine. I just got to watch the movie again. And um, and then the third time I actually downloaded it, it came back. And uh, that's how Ryan Johnson got $45 from me uh, last summer. But what was, um, yeah, I love commentaries because it's like podcasting meets movies. Yeah, I wonder, um, I know iTunes Extra has some stuff like on the, like they have some of the behind the scenes stuff, but. I'm glad they're moving in that direction with iTunes extras. Like it seems like they're adding a lot to older movies that have been on iTunes for a while. And then newer ones that are coming out at the same time. Like I have both the Sherlock Holmes on, um, iTunes. I have Birdman. I have, um, what is big hero six. And then I have, um, groundhog day and even groundhog day, I believe has some behind the scenes stuff. And it's, it's nice to see them add that. And I mean, I, they don't have the commentary tracks yet, but I, I don't see why it would be hard for them to add that in the future. Kind of like, and also um, different medium, but iTunes LPs, which kind of haven't got as much traction as iTunes Extras, but it's just, they provide so much behind the scenes info that you wouldn't usually see or hear or know about that it just, it keeps it really interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, I remember when iTunes LP came out and like, if you're gonna go whole hog into like LPs or records, like you know they're trying to, you know, take from, the best part about listening to a record is, uh, you know, that kind of ritual of putting, uh, taking it out of the sleeve, putting it on the turntable, and that whole thing. Not, you know, the extra photos and stuff. I mean, the photos and stuff are really cool if you hold them in your hand, but you can Google for pictures of the band and uh, get that kind of stuff outside of iTunes LP. So I've never gotten the uh, value there, but I, I appreciate when it comes to the iTunes extras for movies. Uh, only If only they would put the uh, commentary tracks on there. Have you ever had a situation where you ended up um, regretting the fact that you bought it on iTunes, like that you wanted to watch it on, say, a TV that didn't have a Apple TV and you need like a Blu-ray or something like that to watch it there? Because that's the only thing holding me back from going whole hog into uh, iTunes. Um, so far, no. Um, I mean, for a while, I haven't, again, I think I own like eight movies total, but <laughs> on iTunes. No, not total overall in life. Oh, iTunes. oh okay. I, mean, I was going to say that would make sense if you only own eight movies. <laughs> oh my gosh. But um, for a while, I would always go and just buy the, and I'm sure you've done this, where you buy the Blu-ray that comes with the DVD, the Blu-ray, and the digital iTunes copy. None of that ultraviolet bullcrap, but the iTunes copy. Cop- copy sorry um and i would do that because i was like okay just in case i need to bring it somewhere else or i want to watch it on tv or something like that um but now being in college and stuff and not wanting to haul a bunch of dvds all over the place whenever if and when i move apartments or if i'm going somewhere else or if i want to bring a movie on vacation i don't i i mean right now i don't even own a dvd player like there is not a dvd player in my apartment Besides the one built into our little TV that isn't mine. Like, I have a MacBook Air, then I have an iPad and an iPhone. But back to your um, question, I've actually grown more wanting to own the digital copy on iTunes alone because I don't need to keep track of it. If I lose it, nothing, I can't lose it unless I somehow lose my iTunes password. And I bought this little, I bought the best kind of Apple TV, not Apple TV ever, because you just you go buy the it's i think it's fifty dollars it's kind of expensive but the lightning to hdmi adapter is my apple tv and i can carry it with me it fits in my pocket and i just i plug that into my tv that at my apartment and most tvs these days have hdmi i mean if they don't it's component and they don't even some blu-ray players don't even have components so i've kind of grown more accustomed to owning a digital copy um is it nice to have a physical copy? Sure. Sometimes buying the $20 Blu-ray and DVD combo is the same as buying just the digital copy. But when it's like, when it's night and I don't want to go out and suddenly I want to watch a movie and it's right there on iTunes, sometimes it's just easier for me that way. So uh, a few things about that. I'll put a picture of this in my uh, in the show notes. Uh, I have a binder of movies. Uh, there's uh, 250, almost 300 movies in there. Uh, so like, I remember when I was going to college, I, uh, lived in my basement, which my parents let me turn into like a, a corner of it, at least into like a media Mecca where I had, um, you know, my TV and all my consoles and like shelves of Blu-rays and movies and DVDs and, uh, video games, all that great stuff. So when I went to college a few years ago, I knew like 
okay, I can't bring all of this. I went to Best Buy and bought the biggest, uh, like, disc wallet they had, and it ended up, I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 250 So what I did was I spent, it was a solid, like, day. I just went to my basement, took all the DVDs out, and put them in, organized and whatnot. It was amazing. It was, like, the equivalent of, um, I don't know, going through, like, a LP collection or doing laundry for hours. That kind of, like, monotonous task that just makes you feel good, you know? And I, um, I did that, and, yeah, that's what I have with me. Uh, so if I'm going somewhere where I know we're going to be watching movies... I just bring all of that because the thing is there's so many movies that just aren't on streaming to the point where like if I want to watch a classic, classic, classic movie, I have a better chance of watching it on DVD than I do streaming or on iTunes. Uh, Like there's so many movies on iTunes. Like going back to, you know, it's late at night and you just want to watch a movie. If that happens occasionally, especially with like newer movies, uh, in that case, I just rent it and I justified to myself in my head like oh this is uh comparable or this is like half off the movie ticket and i have five friends with me so like divide that by five yeah like it's definitely cost uh uh, cost effective but i rarely ever buy movies in itunes the only movies i have in itunes are digital copies yeah renting is definitely the price has gone up recently but renting is definitely um a great option and i love itunes for that um i know one thing i tried to buy big hero six like i was about a month ago yeah, a month ago, me and all my roommates were like, we need to see Big Hero 6, and we had heard it was out or something, and so I, me and my brother go to Redbox, and we, we looked for it, and it wasn't out, and then I look online, I'm like, oh, the DVD's not coming out until later this month, but it's already on iTunes as a digital copy, <laughs> and so that was an insta-buy for me, insta-buy, cut, um, <laughs> instant buy for me, um, and that's when I went and bought the HDMI adapter too, and I I mean carrying all your DVDs around I for me would I would be scared to death of scaring um scaring them losing them um but I don't know I've just moved more towards digital just like how I have with like albums of CDs I don't really buy music on CD anymore I bought like a few that I really liked but now I just either buy them on iTunes or just stream them on um, Beats That's right cuz you don't have a disk drive anymore do you no, Mac, uh, MacBook Air, I don't have my CD player up here with me. Um, I mean, we we have a record player that one of my roommates has, but yeah, I don't own, I don't own any CDs at the moment. Yeah, I uh, we have a record player in my apartment and my roommates, I do not understand my roommates. If you ever listen to this, hey guys, how's it going? Um the they both have Beats. They have a record player. Um they will still go to Newberry Comics and buy uh, $40, $50 worth of CDs a week. That, okay, that is that is kind of misunderstandable. It's, it's, I don't, it, I don't yeah, understand. So, uh, I, I, I've talked to them many times about this. I just don't understand why they do it because they have beats for like digital stuff. And they both, um, I, I don't know about both of them, but one of them at least has an iPod Classic they still use in conjunction with their iPhone. Some music people, like, they're really into still the physical feel, I guess. Like, I mean, you could, I could say I use Skullcandy earbuds and normal earpods for my music listening and get a million people to freak out at me. Um, But, yeah, I've never, I mean, I've never seen, it's just for me, again, having anything everywhere, like, suddenly I'm at at school and I'm in between classes and I want to watch a scene from Birdman because Defocus was talking about it and I wanted to see something they pointed out. Um then I can just pull my iPhone out and stream it. I mean, that that for me, the convenience is mostly why I like it so much. Suddenly, I'm in between classes, and I, I, I want to watch Birdman. Sorry, as you said that, I came up with those lyrics to ELO, and I was very excited to sing them. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, so, uh, brief tangent, Birdman, defocused. Uh, have you listened yet? Yeah, I just listened today, actually, just in time for follow-up and follow-out um i joe obviously pointed out on twitter he was um pointing out our our episodes were such a contrast to each other with our um criticism feedback um analysis of birdman which i definitely felt when i listened to their episode compared to ours um they definitely pointed out a lot more of the film stuff that you probably would understand than i would so, I haven't listened yet, but knowing Joe and Dan, they, they do do that on their show Defocus, which I love. Uh, I, I find it hard to believe that they didn't like it, 
I mean, I know they didn't like it, and I make constant jokes on Twitter about how Joe hates fun. Uh, but I, I, I haven't listened yet. I'm going to uh, either tomorrow morning or tonight after we get off uh, Skype. But I like that, you know, you know, we do have differing opinions, and they do have a lot of really interesting stuff to say. And they hated one of my favorite movies, Detention, from a few years ago, uh, on their episode about that. And what I, I don't have a point to this. It's just like I love how they're. Um, like we're so different in terms of how we feel about this movie, even though we'll probably point out a lot of the same stuff. And they're going to point out a lot of like the effect stuff, the editing that I'm going to like. I will yeah. agree with, but then uh, like uh, take in a very different direction. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it is defocused, so they commented a lot on um, the filming aspects, the need or not so need of the long take, and then it, it was exact. It was kind of funny because me and you discussed the arguing scene between um Regan and her his daughter as like the context of it and the co- I mean the content of it and what they were saying and everything and then Dan and Joe go on saying the camera angles were all weird and it made you feel way too in their face like they were specifically talking about that and they like the actual content of the conversation was just an aside to the film work of how the camera was like in their face and between them as they were arguing and how it had to slow pan between them and that kind of stuff which I I get I mean I'm I'm obviously not a film student i'm not a vfx major or vfx um artist so i don't really notice those things as much but yeah it definitely was interesting to see the contrast so i i mean if you if you've seen birdman you should definitely listen to that um podcast episode because they they do point out a um a um good ah they do put out point out some good things um and legit arguments against it or towards it um but yeah, I mean, they. I still think, even though they didn't really like it as much, it, it was still a good episode. I kind of lost my... Uh, that was last week's last week's Kyle title. <laughs> no. <laughs> wow, what are words tonight? Um, yeah, I, I love Defocused, even though they hate a lot of my favorite movies, uh, Joe in particular. Uh, he doesn't like Firefly. Joe, you're, I know you're going to listen to this. Come on, Firefly. Have you seen it, Kyle? Isn't that a TV show? It's a TV show, yes. That's but that's not like a movie. The, it's not a movie, but it's like the one thing that when I think about Joe, as I often do, <laughs> about no, uh, when like he disagrees with me or popular opinion, like I just go to Firefly. I think, wait, uh, Firefly. Well, watch, watch Firefly. You can do it in like yeah, one day. I might. I don't know. Um, he does hate a lot of stuff, but I, I don't know. Yeah. No, I love you, Joe. You're great. We love you, Joe. I was tempted to add you onto the call, but that would be weird. Uh, um, would that be weird? They, they uh, did that multiple times on Analog. That was true, yeah. Mm. He'd probably see my Skype request and just, like, freak out or block or <laughs> blow up his computer. Just like how you texted Matt. <laughs> we can't we can't go into the behind-the-scenes of podcast stuff again. Uh, what's a podcast? I don't know. It's a thing on iTunes. That... So, yeah, that's it's podcasts are on iTunes, I think. Um Good transition, Kyle. No, no editing here. Um, I, w- <laughs> I kind of wanted to talk to a twist a little bit towards what Kyle watches. Have you seen any of Better Call Saul? I watched the first episode when I was home and we had cable. Uh, it's not on Hulu yet, so I'm really upset, and I feel really bad that I'm out of the loop on something Vince Gilligan is doing in that universe. But no, I've only seen the first episode. Brian, I have ways to get it to you if you need it. Uh, I just don't like. No, I'm, I'm good. Thank you, Kyle. You're the best. Okay. <laughs> that's I mean that's literally well okay. Um but so and you've seen all of Breaking Bad obviously. Oh, Breaking Bad. If you ever want to talk Breaking Bad, I'm your guy. We would have to rewatch some episodes to refresh our memory, but yes, Breaking a Breaking Bad vertical would be great, I think. Um basically Better Call Saul is the backstory of Saul Goodman who was the criminal emphasis lawyer in Breaking Bad that helped, spoilers, kind of, um, Walter White, the main guy, basically helped him through some of the court stuff or if he was in trouble and even helped him outside of court where maybe he's trying to hide something or launder money. Um, so Better Call Saul is kind of the backstory about three or four years ago of how Saul became Saul because, spoilers, um, for some reason in the series, his name is, I, I still haven't figured out yet, um, but his name is James McGill. Um, and I'm not, I'm not too sure about that. And I, it's not a big spoiler, but I mean, so far for the series, it's, I, 
again, being me and being happy, I like everything apparently, but I, I really like it. Um, it does bring back memories of Better Call Saul. There's a few cameos of people from Better Call Saul that you'll notice. I think one from of them From Better Call Saul? I mean, from, from Breaking Bad. I love you, Kyle. <laughs> I love you too, Brian. Um, there's a few from Breaking Bad that you'll notice in the second or third episode, I believe, and it kind of it kind of anticipates the great tie-in that'll probably happen um, after however long this runs. So I watched the first episode and I didn't know, like, I didn't know what to expect going in. I was like, I, I wasn't a big fan of the idea of Better Call Saul because I can't think of a, uh, like, spin-off going well. Uh, uh, give us feedback if I'm wrong. But uh, I can't think of any, you know, spin-off for a TV show or movie or anything that goes right uh, just because, you know, it feels so derivative. It feels like they're just trying to cash in a bit more and it feels like they're trying to do something, like, ingenuine. Like, they're trying to just bring us back into that universe so we give them more money and more av- revenue. But I, knowing Vince Gilligan now how awesome he is and how great Breaking Bad was, I really hated the fact that they would possibly sink to that and be money-grubbing little morons that just don't know how to respect their audience. Because they always have respected their audience in Breaking Bad. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I watched it, and I thought it was great. It, I felt right at home. It felt like more Breaking Bad, just with a different main character. Because, um, going to get a little film student here, uh, the opening that's in black and white and with like old-timey, probably license-free music playing over it, it felt so Breaking Bad. Uh, there's no diegetic sound. It's all entirely the soundtrack. Uh, and it's just shots of uh, Saul Goodman working in a Cinnabon, which is... <laughs> okay, minor spoilers. There's a wonderful little uh, reference to Cinnabon in the main Breaking Bad series and on uh, Bread of Call Saul. It opens with him working in the Cinnabon, so I think that's fantastic. But um, I, I love uh, how Breaking Bad it felt. And that was the cold open before the credits, uh, the credit sequence, which, by the way, is very, uh, uh, it's it it's not the uh, Breaking Bad thing where it feels very intimidating. It doesn't feel intimidating like that. Uh, I, I remember not being, like, overwhelmed by the uh, opening title sequence, but whatever. Um, so that was the cold open, and I remember waiting till after the title sequence to think, wait, who's working on this episode? I know Vince is involved, but who's writing and directing? And sure enough, it's Vince, Peter Gould, and, uh, well, Vince, again, directing. And uh, Vince and Peter Gould, who wrote the original Better Call Saul episode in Breaking Bad, uh, they wrote it together. It was like, okay, great, this feels exactly like Breaking Bad. And it does the exact same stuff in that it... Um, like rolls out information in just the right way. Like as soon as you need this piece of information, it's there and it takes you on such a ride while also feeling very ordinary. And I think it's like, like you can't tell you're being uh, like taken on a ride just by watching and seeing the stuff that's happening. Cause the stuff that's happening is very, you know, uh, like mundane and you know relatively boring. It's just this guy going about his day, but because you know, all this information about breaking bad and because it's paced so well, you get all of these wonderful things. Uh, I, I, I train of thought gone now, but yeah, I love it. I love the uh, pilot of Breaking Paul. Uh, breaking Paul. What? Br- better call. Breaking Paul. <laughs> Paul is broken now. <laughs> no, I mean, you, you definitely explained and put into words what I'm not too good at with film. Um, I do agree with you about the whole spinoff thing where it is kind of hard for movies and TV series to make a spinoff that's successful especially when you may know what's happening down the road or it's like we don't i mean we can't really really be scared that saul is gonna die at one point oh oh right i thought you were gonna spoil something in breaking bad sorry continue no No. snape kills dumbledore Um, ah hang on dude there's people that haven't seen lord of the rings yet (laughs) i love that i love lord of the rings enterprise is the best one um and so sometimes when there is suspenseful moments in Better Call Saul, you're just kind of like, oh, I mean, nothing bad's going to happen. He can't, I mean, maybe he breaks something, but I mean, he's there in however many years it is to um, Breaking Bad. And so the suspense for that is gone. But like you said, um, even some mundane things can seem kind of extreme or exciting because you know that this guy, this guy is going to become the lawyer he is in Breaking Bad, where he's almost like, He's almost kind of a different person with a slightly more personality that like shows an aged kind of attitude 
but also like just the stuff he does and the stuff he learns along the way. And so that I definitely like. And, and even, and just as a third point, even as a non, non very good at film or analyzing that kind of stuff in movies, I could definitely see the breaking bad things like the cold opens in almost every episode and the, the sequences and the, where every um, scene may seem like a soundscape sometimes where the sound is emphasized or a weird angle shows something for a few seconds before cutting to the actual action. And I think that like very much contributes to this feeling like Breaking Bad with just a different lead character. My favorite thing about, uh, you know, going back to you mentioned the uh, uh, like random angles I'll show stuff. When I watch this with my mom back home, because she's the only person I know with cable at this point in my life, uh, we... um. He opens up a letter from uh, the people at the other agency or whatever, and uh, we end up freeze-framing through it so we can read what the letter says. Like, that's how invested we were. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, people don't have cable these days anymore. People don't even own DVDs anymore, like me. Yeah, and some people just have binders and binders of cables, or DVDs. Binders of binders of what? Never mind. Um. <laughs> so I... um. Yeah, actually relevant to this, uh, just before I got here, there was a panel of uh, reality show producers here at Northeastern. There was people from, uh, let me think, uh, Breaking Amish, Amish Mafia, uh, My Big Fat American Greek Wedding, um, Dark Minds or something like that on ID Discovery, which was the most fascinating thing to me. It was a guy like going through unsolved crimes, working with a uh, criminal, uh, not psychologist, but like a criminal police dude, and uh, talking with an anonymous uh uh, murderer in jail, almost like serial. So I, um, like that was interesting, but a lot of the talk was about streaming and how people just don't watch stuff anymore and how, you know, they're trying to like networks are trying to get to millennials like us and, uh, how we're not watching things anymore because of streaming. So like there was this, uh, one big show they talked about, I forget what it was, but that was their attempt to get at millennials and it flopped because they just didn't understand us and the fact that we don't like cable. We don't like a set time frame to watch something, and if you miss it, you have to record it on a DVR that costs more money that you have to rent and never works. <sighs> and having to watch cable in the first place, rather we just um, obtain movies in different ways, which is something, I mean, yeah, I don't want to, no, nothing to see here, NSA, um, <laughs> nothing to see. Yeah, it's um in terms of like acquiring media, my favorite thing about my, about podcast apps is that they just show up in the background whenever you need them, and that is what feels so serendipitous to me about podcasting. Is like if I am expecting a back to work episode to go up at three p.m. on a Tuesday, it's going to be there, and it's just going to show up, and I'll get a little notification on my Pebble, and I think, yeah, you go. Dan Benjamin and Back to Work, you go. You just release those episodes, and that's why I feel bad. This is so far from a uh, you know actual like consistent release schedule uh, because a I don't have time to edit. Always b we have busy schedules, so we need to like synchronize our time to record. C like I, I, I we just don't have that yet. Like we're not on top of uh, I'm not on top of mostly of uh, getting the episodes out. So I, I, and b if I tried to edit, it might turn out I don't know. I've never tried editing, so. I'd be scared. Maybe I try editing and we compare this time. But That'd be fun, actually. You want to edit this episode? I'll try. Uh, I mean, sweet. We can like both. We can both try, and we'll see. I don't know. I'm just. <laughs> I wouldn't want to rely on my editing. Because... You'll be fine. I mean, editing. Uh, well, for podcasts at least, uh, stuff like this, um, as opposed to something like ATP or Analog, where they go through some insane stuff. I'll uh, get the link for the show notes. Casey List wrote a thing about how they do Analog and ATP. Um, because I was bored in class the other day and I wanted to just buy lots and lots of production equipment. Uh, so I went on and I was looking at like the preamp used and the boom arm. Uh, that's the main reason I'm in the studio right now as per earlier, because I wanted this boom arm, uh, cause it's amazing. And I'm probably going to buy them for myself next week. But anyway, uh, tangent. Yes. What were we talking about? Podcast editing. So, this, this um, whole podcast is a tangent, Brian. Tangential universe. Yes. Is there a jet turbine engine flying through space and time somewhere? Probably more of a telephone box, but sure. Do you get the turbine reference? That's a little bit. What is it from? I'm not telling you. I'm going to let... Just a weekly seg segment. Is it Hitchhikers? No. <laughs> I'm going to let everyone on Twitter tell you. Uh, tweet at Kyle Seth Gray. 
not Kyle Seth underscore ebooks as I am want to do sometimes, uh, but tweet at Kyle Seth Gray and yell at him about what movie he's missing out on with the jet turbine engine transferring between universes and things. It's wonderful. I'm looking forward to this, actually. Mm, look forward to it. Brand engagement, hashtag. Also, follow us on Twitter at GarrulousFM. Yeah, we have fun with that sometimes. Uh, like, we both have access to the accounts. We'll tweet things the other doesn't know about. Yeah. <laughs> like scaring Brian and making him think I'm going to put this live. And, oh, um, my God. When I get... <laughs> when we're I podcasting get... about our podcast Twitter account, Brian. Oh, God. How meta does it get? How meta does it get? When I get a tweet from uh, Joe saying, at Kyle Seth Gray, at Garrulous... Uh, wait, what's going on? I think, oh God, what did Kyle tweet? <laughs> oh, this show. This show. It's so beautiful. It's pretty beautiful. I'm a fan of it. Uh, podcast editing. So, yeah, we don't do like what um, uh, Analog and ATP do because Casey Liss is an audio diva and loves having things sound as great as they are. Hi, Casey. Love you. Um, we uh, just kind of edit out crosstalk, um, long pauses, long awkward pauses. Uh, we... Uh, stuff like that. We, it's more like Roderick on the line, uh, but we have much less sensitive information to, uh, like, there's, if I can hear uh, Merlin bleep out something Roderick says because he dropped a name accidentally that should not have been dropped for whatever reason, I think, oh, crap, things are getting real. <laughs> secret secret Merlin things that are happening. What? 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 Who are you? I don't, what? Is this a show? <laughs> Bleep for like 50 seconds? No. Uh-huh. Uh, so what else is in our uh, topic list? We talked about Birdman. We talked about uh, NASA next week. You're doing that. Apple. You want to talk about Apple? You want to join every other podcast on the internet and talking about Apple for a few minutes? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, we're, we're approaching our 46 minutes and I don't, I wasn't really going to say anything besides how everyone is freaking out about Apple Watch prices, which is kind of hilarious at this point. Like, yeah, literally, I, I posted a tweet. I'm just like, are you are you even a blog if you haven't posted price speculation for the Apple Watch? And everyone and their mom is suddenly a gold jeweler analysis expert computer person that knows exactly what the price is going to be. And I'm just I'm kind of looking forward to live tweeting the event and everyone freaking out about the price. <laughs> I'm so excited for that event because it's time perfectly. I don't have class like uh, until actually, no, it's spring break for me. I don't have class at all that day. So um suck. Uh, do you have spring break? I don't know. I think I have like two extra days off, but my school doesn't have like a full week spring break as far as I know. Hmm, there you go. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, I'm so excited for this event. Uh, I'm sticking with my Pebble. I am like sworn on that because I don't – like I just bought this a few years ago and uh, they were talking on Connected. Um, this is last week's episode, but I just listened today about how uh, tech people versus fashion people are going to see the Apple Watch. And as someone who – if I was to get an Apple Watch, I would just buy the base – model because I'll probably want to upgrade next year and I don't care as much as other people about how it looks. I'm using a Pebble right now and it's a lot of people have said it's ugly. I think it looks fine. It just kind of blends in with whatever I'm wearing, but it's it's something that I'm not as I'm not fashion conscious about. Like you you have nice watches, right? Yeah, and I I can't remember if I've mentioned it before on the show, but I feel a little bit, I mean granted, I'm not going out and buying Rolexes and huge watches and um having a huge watch display case, but as a weird Kyle thing, ever since I've been a kid, I've always loved watches, and um, I own probably 10 watches, usually um, from Nixon. Nuka is another brand I like, and I would buy Fossil, but there's just a few here and there that I own, and I wouldn't mind spending, I mean, I, I did say this, I wouldn't mind spending $600 on an Apple Watch, um, but I definitely would buy it for the fashion aspect a little bit because I, I like how they look and I'm I admit I do color match my watches to what I'm wearing sometimes I'll wear my green watch with my green shirt or I'll wear I'll make sure I'm wearing something with stripes in it if I'm wearing a watch that has a stripe along the side or something so I feel like um, a lot of people might buy it for the fashion despite the gold amazing thousands of dollar price that everyone is freaking out about and sure I think they might come out with new updates every year um, but they have said that most of the processing power is done on the iPhone. So, I mean, I could see some hardware things like a better display, maybe a better battery, and sure, it could be thinner. But with the iPhone doing most of the processing and just transmitting it over the same Bluetooth that every watch iteration is going to have, unless Bluetooth releases a new spec, 
then a yearly upgrade might not seem so necessary as in the past. And I know a lot of investors of people at Apple are like, why are people not upgrading their iPads? Or why are people doing this? And why is the iPad sales, why are iPad sales um, going down and people aren't upgrading? It's like, I don't think Apple expects everyone to upgrade every year with the Swatch. That's what it's looking like. I mean, with gold, I, I had a few tweets about this. Like, thinking about spending $10,000 on an Apple Watch just gives me anxiety. Oh, there is, uh, there is, sorry, there, I, I just feel like, I mean, shoot me in the foot on Monday, but I do not think in any way that Apple will make it $10,000. That just seems ridiculous a little bit to me. I, I, I thought so, too, until Gruber made a whole bunch of points about um, uh, Apple Watch pricing. And I just think that, you know, you're right. It's, I, I would not think that Apple would ever do this. When I thought of, uh, when they said gold Apple Watch with a base sport starting at 349 I thought, oh no, this is going to be a $1,500 watch. And reading some of Gruber's stuff, I thought, oh god, wait, how could people spend this much money? And he provided examples of, like, this is how the other half lives. Like, yeah. people do, like, really long, weird flights around the world to eat food and something like that. And, like, wh- why? Because they can. Um, I... I- I mean, maybe the gold is a couple thousand dollars, and I can kind of see that, but there are some 18-karat, yes, coated, not made of solid, but there are some 18-karat watches where the price difference is only like $100, or there's a titanium watch by this company called Nixon that's only $800, and when you compare that to the Apple Watch, yes, it has a computer in it, yes, it has interchangeable bands, and people are like, oh, the stainless steel is going to be $1,000. I'm like, are you kidding me? I can get a stainless steel nice watch for... 150 I could spend up to 500 on one there's no way a stainless steel like it's not even titanium it's not ceramic it's a stainless steel watch why it, granted app it's apple and it's apple but why in the world would they see it beneficial to price it above a thousand dollars and again this is just armchair commentary but some of the stuff and some of the speculation just makes me kind of laugh when I mean I've had watches with diamonds in them and they're like 160 I mean I mean yeah it's just some of the speculation just is so strange and I just, I kind of wish the event had happened already. So people would stop being weird about everything because every <laughs> like we day, are now. every day there's a new post. Like, I mean, Marco just posted something today and it's just like, okay, everyone needs to calm down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. In terms of fashion, uh, I will wear my black pebble when I'm wearing black clothes, which is all the time. I literally don't have anything but black shirts. Well, black um, matches everything. So. Yeah, that's the main thing. Like I, uh, when I went to London, I didn't want to do my whole uh, wash inside out, dry, uh, hang dry ritual thing for all my t-shirts. I decided to pull a Steve Jobs and buy fifteen plain black shirts and just do laundry once a week with everything. And that this isn't interesting. What are you most excited to do with your Apple Watch? Um, <laughs> it was kind of interesting actually. I have I have tried to do that, and I need to like go through my wardrobe. We could have a wardrobe episode and just throw out stuff and buy a bunch of shirts, Steve Jobs style. Or how talk show talked about jeans, but um, <laughs> the most thing I'm probably excited for is probably just um, almost saving my iPhone battery a little bit because, granted, there are a lot of I get a lot of notifications throughout the day. I mean, I'm on Twitter way too much, and granted, that's why I have Twitter notifications off. But being able to like say be walking along and suddenly get a text and just dictate to reply and send it and not have to worry about getting my phone out very first world problem. That sounds. That actually sounds really interesting to me. Um, I'm excited to, for it to replace my Fitbit, so I don't have to wear a watch and my Fitbit, and worry about both of those every day. And um, probably the third thing is just the look of it. I mean, I've been. I kind of do a thing where I do buy a new, different, random watch every year just for fun, and it's just a thing I do. I um, and I've been looking around, like Better Call Saul. I see his gold watch. I'm like, oh, I should get a watch that looks kind of like that. That'd be interesting. And Nixon has one like that. And or I see like some watch on a fashion page, and I'm like, that's a cool minimal watch. But I'm just like, the Apple Watch is coming out soon. The Apple Watch is coming out soon, and maybe it'll be my main watch from now on, and I won't have to replace it because I can have different faces and have fun with that. Or maybe it doesn't turn out as good as I want, and then I can finally buy a watch up and itching to buy. So. <laughs> <laughs> Again, very first world things, but I think it's going to be exciting. I honestly do, and I think I think it might they might announce some things that shock us that hopefully haven't been leaked on Monday, and if not, I just hope it's available soon because I I honestly am excited. 
Yeah, it's uh, the main reason I bought a Pebble is so I could just take out my phone less. I really, really enjoy having uh, something there where I can say, oh, um, I can look at my wrist and not have to take out my phone to see if it's worth taking out my phone. And that's the thing. Like, if I'm having a text conversation with someone and I'm expecting, like, a text back in three minutes, the Pebble gets a little annoying, like, glance at the watch and then take out the phone. It adds an extra step, which is not what they intended to do. Uh, again, this is so first world problem, but I really, really enjoy being able to look down and uh, see my notifications without having to get my phone. And what this means for me whenever I get back to my apartment is that I can just dock my iPhone, charge it, walk around and do stuff, and if I absolutely need to, I'll go back and take uh, a look at my phone to respond. Um, I'll use Siri all the time. This is how it's uh, changed how things are for me, uh, the Pebble at least. I use Siri to uh, dictate messages uh, from across the room. I use the Pebble to control my podcast with my mini jam box. I've been wanting to write a blog post about this for, oh God, it has to have been a year now since I got the mini jam box. I love being able to forget about my phone and just have uh, music playing wherever I am because I can bring the jam box with me wherever I am in my apartment and just pause or uh, skip or rewind or whatever with a uh, push of a button on my wrist. Like, this is so... Uh, this is, like... I, I can see the future, and the future is seamless. I love it. Very seamless, yeah. It, I mean, especially with iOS 8, that has been a thing where I just dock my phone in the other room, and then I can, if I get a phone call or something from a parents or family member, or I get, I mean, texts are all on my computer now, and so that's also nice, but then, I mean, when I'm cooking or if I'm doing something else around the house, or even if I'm outside the house and suddenly I walk up and get a notification or something, it's just, I'm excited for that especially in this weather when I don't want to get my phone out of my pocket. Yeah, that's the main thing. Like, uh, It's annoying with gloves because I want to be able to glance down, but then I have to move out my coat arm and my uh, glove sleeve and look at my wrist. Wow, this is so first world. There's people starving. It's okay, it's okay Brian. It's I'm, okay. Having, I'm having remorse about podcasting about things. We're not going to make this one the dark one again. Oh, the dark one. So the dark I, one. I don't think it was that dark last it week. Was, yeah, it it wasn't. I just didn't, I mean, me, I'm just worried. Me with my social anxiety, I just worry about, like, the political things. And, like, oh, I don't want to offend anyone, but I also don't want to this or whatever, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, politics are fun sometimes, but not really. Um, yeah. Mm. So you want to call it a show? Let's call it a show.